0: hey there um I want to talk to you about this news we've had this week with the announcement through the gov website about the tightening up on the rules for electrical safety to um, private rental sector to landlords and things like that uh, this is going to be a little bit long so um, I do apologize but I kind of need to go through um, all the little bits of meetings and evidence and stuff that i've got here that kind of argue for this but to summarize to summarize there's going to be a mandatory requirement so a must requirement for landlords to carry out five yearly periodic inspections on the electrical systems to fix wiring this is going to have a knock-on effect though because obviously there has to be control mechanisms in place and It looks like we're going to be having, at the moment, what's been announced is there'll be an opportunity for the competent person schemes to provide recognition and registration for members to also be able to do this work. Because the current problem is someone who's gone through the competent person scheme structure as it stands today hasn't necessarily got to have periodic inspection and testing skill or experience to achieve registration and so it's been recognized that the existing platform isn't acceptable so they may have to create a second tier on those platforms which i'm sure would be very um fruitful for them Uh, there is the alternative which is obviously that landlords will have a register to assess for competence i think that's been put in as a option b to so that we don't have only the one option being the cps benefit there this actually goes back to and i've got here the um the amendment, it goes back to 2016 in um, House of Lords, talking April 2016, um, talk about potential amendments to the Housing and Planning Bill. And there's this amendment here, and it's Amendment 33. So, moved by Baroness Hayter of Kentish Town. This is the suggested amendment. So, 33, after Clause 54, insert the following new clause. A requirement to carry out electrical safety check. The landlord of a rental property shall ensure that the following are maintained in a safe condition so as to prevent the risk of injury to persons in lawful occupation of relevant premises. Any electrical installations and any electrical appliances supplied by the landlord. Okay. Um, without prejudice, the generality of the subsection one of a landlord shall ensure the installation and any in- electrical appliances supplied by the landlord are checked for safety within 12 months of initial leasing and thereafter intervals not more than 5 years since they were last checked for safety regardless of whether the check was made pursuant to this Act. In the case of the lease which commences after the coming force in this Act, it ensures the electrical installation and each electrical appliance to which the duty extends is checked for safety either within a period of 12 months before the lease commences or within 12 months of any electrical installation or electrical appliances being installed. And ensure that a record of any check for safety in respect of the electrical installation or electrical appliance is made and retained for a period of six years from the date of that check, which, rec- um, which record shall include the date on which the installation or appliance is checked, the address of the premises on which it was installed and the appliance is installed, and the name and the address of the landlord of the premises at which the installation or electrical appliance is installed, and the description of location of the electrical installation or electrical appliance that was checked. Any defects are identified, any remedial actions are taken, the name and signature of the individual carrying out the work, and a registration number with which the individual's firm is registered with a Part P Competent Person scheme approved by the Department for Communities, and local government and certified as being competent in periodic inspection and testing. Now, you need to bear in mind that this debate was obviously pushing an amendment, this is an early version, 2016. As I've just said, that bit cannot work because it says there, following the Part P person scheme system, Department for Communities and local government, and certified as being competent in periodic. We've not been doing that. The current Part P does not do that. The learner will ensure that any work in relation to a relevant electrical installation or electrical appliance carries out pursuant to subsection 1 or 2 is carried out by a firm Registered with a Part P competent person scheme approved for the time being by the DCLG. The record referred to in subsection 2C or a copy thereof shall be made available upon request and upon reasonable notice for the inspection of any person in lawful occupation of relevant premises who may be affected by the use or operation of any electrical installation or electrical appliance to which the record relates. Notwithstanding subsection 4, the landlord shall ensure that a copy of the record made pursuant to the requirements of subsection 2c is given to each existing tenant of the premises to which the record relates to within 28 days of its date checked, and a copy of the last record made in respect of each installation or appliance is given to any new tenant of the premises to which the record relates to before the new tenant occupies the premises, and in respect to the tenant's right to occupy those premises is for a period not exceeding 28 days, a copy of the record may be instead promptly displayed within those premises. A landlord fails to comply with the section commits an offence and is liable on summary conviction to a fine not exceeding level 4 on the standard scale. This is the suggested amendment. Clearly it's suggesting that we want to introduce uh, a must requirement for inspection. Five yearly is recommended. The suggested model at this early stage of implementation was following the DPC strategy the uh, common person scheme method, but they have to be proven to be competent in periodic. That's the issue that was obviously um, evident. So just go through these comments briefly. The um, so Baroness A to Kentertown, who's introduced it, My Lords, Amendment 3 is tabled in my name and that of the noble Lord, Lord Tape. It would, be intru- it would introduce mandatory five yearly electrical safety checks and private rented accommodation. Noble Lords may be surprised that unlike those for gas, such checks are not already mandatory. Given the danger of electrocution and of fires caused by 40 electrical installations, indeed, according to Electrical Safety First, a charity that works to prevent electrical incidents, there are about 70 deaths a year involving electricity compared with 18 from gas. We can all work out that this is more than one a week. Tragically, one such death was that of daughter of the Noble Baroness, Lady Tong, who is not in her place, but whose calls for great electricity safety, who should heed? Uh, She was the um, MP that a lot of people believe Part P was actually made in reaction to. Part P was already in dispute and in debate before that, but the timing was very close. Just after it was going through at this point, that happened to the MP's daughter. So that's the one that we often would um, give as an example for why Part P is around. We're delighted that following the debate on this amendment in committee, the government have recognised the need for intervention and have tabled their own amendment, Amendment 82, which allows regulation to require safety checks. However, that power is only permissive, not mandatory. Hence, Amendments 83, 85, 87 and 89 to Amendment 82 make the very smallest of changes, a mere may becoming a must as a result, the government would have to bring forward regulations for which the amendments make provision, rather than leaving it to a chance as to whether Amendment 82 was acted upon. Alternatively, as my, no- my noble friend Lord Campbell Savers already warned us earlier today, we might find that the government suddenly used the excuse of it's costing landlords too much to bring in this permissive regulation. And this is where they kind of break it down. The cost is £2.50 a month. A five-year electricity check costs about £150, which comes to £2.50 a month, so we hope the government are not going to use that excuse for not making this regulation mandatory. We are happy to accept the government are nearly there, and we welcome the beginning of that movement. They have moved from their earlier response that there is an existing legal duty on landlords to keep tenants electrical installations safe. That, of course, allowed electrics and rented properties to go unchecked for many a year and is guaranteed the prosecution of the landlord only after the event, rather than preventing electrocution of fires in the first place. So while we welcome the Government's Amendment 82, it fails to meet the calls for mandatory five yearly checks. Those calls come from the local government association, electrical safety first, the chief fire officers association, shelter, crisis, the London Fire Brigade, British Gas, and perhaps most importantly, tenants. We hope the Minister will accept our amendments 83, 85, 87, and 89 to her amendment 82. That would put a bit of backbone and urgency into the permissive regulations. The other amendments to the Government's amendment 82 deal with the requirements advised by experts to ensure the checks are by a skilled person competent in such work. Being qualified means nothing if it does not specify what this covers. Our amendments 86 and 88 would effectively tie the test into the CLG's existing competent person schemes, which ensures high guaranteed standards for this important work of checking for safety. The other amendments, though important, are drafting amendments that I assume the government would accept. I beg to move. So as I mentioned at the end of competence being uh, relayed through the competent person schemes, I then bring forward Lord Campbell Saver's contribution, My Lords, I do not intend to detain the House for very long on this subject, which I dealt with at length in committee. The Minister's response to the previous amendment will send a shiver down the spine of many organisations outside this House which are relying on the government to come forward with something more substantial than an amendment that includes the word may. In the context of the last debate, may suggests to us that nothing meaningful is going to happen. I hope the Minister will give us a full explanation of why the government felt it necessary to include the word may as opposed to shall. Must, or whatever. We need the explanation because I'm sure that those outside who are lobbying on this issue will pour over her words with great care to try to establish what the government's intention actually is. My noble friend referred to the NICEIC and NEPIT, two organisations that currently have an installer registration scheme in place. If in the end the government concede and go down this route, it is important that those organisations' schemes are the ones on which the new safety check arrangements are built because the infrastructure they already have in place is perfectly adequate to deal with the substance of the amendment my noble friends are promoting today. There is truth in that. There is obviously um, structure in the NIC and NAPA and stroma in their operational procedures and their practices and I'm not going to challenge that. I think think that's a valid point. Then Lord Tope introduces himself. Uh, my lords, my name is added to these amendments. I am very grateful to the noble Baroness Lady Hazer for her tribute to my noble friend Lady Tong, who first introduced me to this subject and then told me she was handing it over to me. I'm not sure that she has completed the process, but what has happened? Uh, this is the third bill that I have attempted to amend in this way. The previous two were under coalition government, so I'm very pleased that we are now making some progress. I welcome the movement from the government and their Amendment 82, but I echo all the points that have been made by the previous two speakers, particularly the noble Baroness Lady Hayter, who introduced our amendments very well. It is good to see at least a positive step and willingness to consider the issue, but I simply do not understand why the government's amendment uses the word may and not must, why the provisions are not mandatory as they should be. Electrical safety has been left behind. Quite rightly, we have had regulations relating to gas, carbon monoxide, why not for electrical safety? I hope the Minister will be able to indicate the caution in this amendment does not reflect the government's position and they do intend to regulate on this issue and are not merely proposed a gentle amendment which they hope will buy buy us off at this stage. I shall not repeat all the things that the Noble Baroness Lady Hayter said, but I want to add one that I do not think has been mentioned tonight. There are a number of examples of why electrical safety is important and of dangers when proper checks are not made. Perhaps it's my age, but I was shocked to read that nearly two-thirds of properties occupied by couples over the age of 60 do not meet the electrical safety standards. From that it follows that in 2013-2014, to half the fatalities from electrical fires were of people aged over 65. Those statistics alone ought to be shocking enough to indicate that it's time for the government to make this check mandatory. We've dealt with the question of costs. According to Electrical Safety First, the five-yearly check being called for will cost in the region of £150. I accept the arithmetic and the noble Baroness Lady Hater that £150 every five years works out at £2.50 a month. That is no argument at all against having the check, even if the costs were considerably greater. Similarly, we feel the term qualified in this context means nothing at all. Electrical safety first certainly feels, and in fact it says it is meaningless, the person carrying out the cheque needs to be property competent. Again, we would welcome reassurance from the Minister that the government will take that on board when they draft the regulations, if indeed today they can give us a firm commitment, not that they may produce regulations, but they will produce regulations. Lord McKay of Clashfern, Conservative, steps in. I'm just wondering whether it's possible to have compiled with subsection 2 of the proposed new clause and still be in breach of subsection 1. Brenner Evans of Bowles Park. My Lords, Amendments 82 and 92, if approved by the House, will provide an enabling power that will allow the Secretary of State to set requirements for electrical safety in private rented properties and their enforcement through secondary legislation. I'm conscious that... This is an issue that many noble lords feel strongly about, as we have heard again today, and it has raised considerable debate in committee. Following the words of the noble baroness lady hater, I too extend my sympathies to the noble baroness lady tongue. The government are taking a measured approach to this issue. Should amendments 82 and 92 be approved by the House, we will continue our research and work with the sector to explore further the detailed options for regulation. This will allow any regulations to be introduced once the policy has been finalised, ensuring that they are beneficial and strike the right balance. The government's amendments have been welcomed by the sector, including Shelter, which said in its blog on the 5th of April, put simply, they tabled a life-saving amendment, which is a striking signal from the government that they are serious about tackling rogue landlords and poor conditions. Amendment 33 would introduce requirements for landlords to organise regular electrical safety tests in their rental properties. As I have already stated, we have tabled an amendment to create an enabling power which would allow the Secretary of State to set the requirements for electrical safety through secondary legislation at a later date. It will allow further research to be conducted and ensure the requirements are balanced and beneficial to the sector as a whole. Should our amendment be approved, it will give us the time fully to understand all the potential impacts and assess all options. Lord Campbell Saviours. The Minister referred to a later date. Can we be given some idea as to the timescale when we are likely to see the secondary legislation? Baroness Evans of Bowes Park. As I said, we want some time to assess all of the options, but we will try to come back to the Noble Lord with a clearer timescale. I do not have one immediately to hand. Okay, so Lord Cabal Saviour says, Can we be assured that there will be regulations dealing with this matter? Can we have that assurance at least? Baroness Evans of Bowers Park, Yes, that is the government's intention. In addition, putting the regulation, regulatory provisions on the face of the bill would prevent them being changed. Should they be found not to work effectively in practice and further primary legislation would then be required. The government believes regulations such as those proposed are better made by secondary legislation so they could be amended more easily should that be necessary it's important to ensure that any regulation on electrical safety can be kept up to date amendment 84 would define electrical safety standards for the purpose of this legislation as standards regarding both the installations for the supply of electricity and electrical fixtures fittings or appliances provided by the landlord any requirements introduced for electrical safety standards in private sector properties will be based on the findings of our committed further research. Amendments 86 and 88 would mean that any regulations would require someone who is competent to carry out any necessary checks or produce any required certification instead of someone who is qualified. Electrical safety is a very technical and potentially dangerous area, so it is important that the person who conducts any checks or produces any documentation that is necessary has the skills and experience to do so. This will be defined through the regulations, and we believe the term qualified allows for this. Amendments 90 and 91 would allow requirements to be set for landlords to produce a certificate, or a condition report, or both, instead of just a certificate. The amendments are unnecessary. A certificate will be defined through any regulations and will ensure that any document provided are sufficient to tell the tenants that the property is safe and meets the required standards. Memmits 83, 85, 87 and 89 would require the Secretary of State to introduce regulations for electrical safety in the private rented sector, regardless of any of our findings for further work and discussions with stakeholders. The Noble Lord, Lord Campbell Saviours and others have talked about the difference between must and may. Must precludes any discussion with stakeholders. May allows us to design the way forward as part of our research. It would not be appropriate to preempt the results of our planned further research. Introductions must be balanced and will be demanded following extensive investigations of the effects of such requirements and further engagement within the sector. I hope the steps I have set out show the importance of these amendments and the government's commitment to protecting tenants. As I have said, we intend to bring regulations forward. With these assurances in mind, I ask the government amendments be approved and the noble lords do not press their amendments 33 and 83 to 91. So Baroness Hater of Kentish Town closes with, My Lords, I thank both my noble friend, Lord Campbell Savers, and the noble Lord, Lord Tope, for their invent- interventions. I shall repeat what the Minister said to make sure that I, Hansard, and everyone else have absolutely rights. I think she said that the government intend to bring forward regulations. I see nods on the government benches. I think she answered yes to the straight question. I do like straight answers to straight questions about our change from May to Must. I disagree that must precludes discussions with stakeholders, nevertheless, the assurance about intent and the word yes are great reassurances. I am delighted that, if I have understood this correctly, the use of the word qualified in the government amendment would in the regulation mean competent and reflect the existing skilled person's competence in particular task. That covers the issue we were worried about. Finally, the regulation would allow for a certificate to be produced. The noble Lord, Lord's Hope, has given me the wink and that we've got the assurances we were seeking. This is a collective these days and we work in that way. Will it forward to hearing something about a date which could be inti- int- uh, intimated either in writing or at third reading? We welcome the straight intention with those assurances and our thanks to the minister. I beg to withdraw the amendment. So... That's the discussion. It took a whole ooh, 20 minutes. Yeah, eight, eight starts a forty two closes just after 9. 20-minute discussion now, providing support and evidence for the push of a must for these. So move forward to where we are now. We had a request for information in a working group. The working group, which was working on behalf of the government, Debated the way that it would work, and the working group came up with some invest, uh, some areas to investigate. One of these was issue one, is legislation necessary? Working group members started to talk about that. The rights to rent and not rent. They talked about frequency and mandatory electrical installations. And these are quite interesting because we have the IET disagreeing with the Landlords Association on some of these things. Five-year testing regimes appears to be the uh, the common thing from an electrical safety perspective, the IET, electrical safety first. Um, the RLA, were looking at a maximum of 10 years between tests for low risk, trying to say some properties of lesser risk, 10 years should be adequate. I think because obviously the RLA are more familiar with long-term tenancies and not the private landlord kind of area. Uh, So there were some recommendations made. Recommendation one was five yearly mandatory electrical installation checks should be set out in secondary legislation. Recommendation two was visual checks of the safety and the electrical installation by landlords and a change of tenancy should be encouraged as good practice. Recommendation three was a report should be issued to the landlord which confirms the EICR has been completed. Along with the confirmation any remedial work necessary has been undertaken and satisfactory. Other area of discussion, issue number three was electrical appliance testing. The recommendation there was found to be that landlords supplied electrical appliances will be tested and vigilant checks carried out by landlords at changes of tenancy and encouraged as good practice and set out in any guidance. Issue four was the discussion on RCDs and if they should become a mandatory requirement, etc., and the recommendation is that the installation of an RCD by landlords will be encouraged as good practice and will be set out in the guidance. And this does make sense from a guidance perspective moving forward. Bear in mind that some tenants are in properties for 10, 20, 30 years, and many will be in properties still that do not have updated electrical installations. Issue 5 Competent persons. Issue 5 Competent persons. This was interesting. So the recommendations coming out of this was a Private re- uh, rental sector electrical testing competent person scheme should be set up, which would be separate from the existing building regulation competent person scheme. So a completely different, separate scheme. Which, if you were wanting to do electrical testing in the private rental sector, you would have to submit yourself for a um, assessment and all that jazz again. Um, the the government department said should commission the uh, electrotechnical assessment specification, the EAS management committee to consider the most effective method of assessing competent private rental sector testers to count electrical inspections and tests so there was like two directions with this the direction one was that there would be a dedicated register like we have with approved document p for installation in dwellings there'd be a separate register for the testing of existing dwellings uh, the alternative would be the electrotechnical assessment specification document which is the document that Kind of governs the uh, or or tells the competent person schemes what the requirements are for qualifying supervisors and the like would be adjusted to include a um, a competent private rental sector tester role um, so somewhere it has to be slotted in uh, issue six was phasing in regulatory requirements obviously they kind of followed the the method of um, Scotland with that one. Legislative requirements should be phased in, beginning with new tenancies, followed by all existing tenancies. And then there were conclusions to all of that. Okay, so we then had, obviously, the government response, which is the new thing. This is what's come out this month, which is obviously what um, uh, this was come out this week, which is what this is all about. So the response is thus. So, there's a bit of jazz first mentioned about the purpose of this, the consultation, the time, and the response details. So, it's the feedback that was given to them from the, from the persons concerned, respondents. So, we have 231 people representing landlords, 15 representing tenants, 45 letting agencies. Uh, going further down, there's 149 electricians, 45 local authorities, and 74 other interested parties. There's a good there's a good broad share there. Um, yes, yeah, so 231 landlords having a high representation, I think, has been very good for that. So the question is asked. Here's a question. Question three, electrical safety checks. Do you agree that landlords should be required by law to car- arrange safety checks of electrical installations in private rented sector? The yeas were four two six, then noes were one three two, so that is a landslide. Yes for that one, It's obviously one of the you know it kind of just it supports the whole argument that was put up in in uh, by the Lords. So that's that's obviously why this is going ahead. Do you agree mandatory electrical installations should take place at least every five years? Yeas, three hundred and thirty three knows 147 so the government is uh, the government is committed to tenant safety and believes that the safety of tenants is of paramount importance and the government notes the strong support for this the five yearly and it having you know being mandatory so that's that's great that's the reason that this is pushing through further down Question number five to them, do you agree that a report should be issued to the landlord which conforms that an electrical installation condition report has been completed along with confirmation that any remedial work necessary has been undertaken satisfactorily? The yes is 402, the no is 139. Question six, do you agree that a copy of the report outlined in question five should also be issued to the tenant? The yes 381, the nose 160. Question seven, do you agree that a copy report outlined in question five should be made available to the local authorities on request? Yes, three, seven, six, the no's one, five, three. So it's all still strong in favour of this moving forward. Question eight, do you agree the legislative requirements should be phased in, beginning with new tenancies followed by all existing? Yes is three, seven, four, no's one, six, six. And again, they note the high level support for these recommendations, which is a good point. This rig is interesting, though. When we look at the competent person scheme method. Question 9. Do you agree that a private rented sector electrical testing competent person scheme should be set up, which would be separate from the existing building regulation competent person scheme? This one was a yes 203, a no 290, a don't know 66. So that one has obviously created a shift. Question 10. Do you agree that the best approach to recognising competent and qualified persons would be to introduce a scheme under the ISO 17024 which would allow one or more UCAS accredited scheme operators to certify the competence of individual electrical inspectors and testers? So this is the, uh, the, it's just basically saying under, under a CPS strategy. Yes 209, no 216, don't know 128. So they say, this data shows more respondents disagree with these recommendations than agreed. Ministers are very clear the safety of tenants is of paramount importance. In addition, the conclusion of the Independence Review of Building Regulations and Fire Safety by Dame Judith Hackett noted the importance of ensuring a coherent and comprehensive approach to competence with robust systems of accreditation and enforcement to ensure adequate accountability. While we agree, therefore, with the views of the consultees and consider the introduction of a mandatory competent person scheme for the inspection of electrical installations in the privately rented housing to be overly bureaucratic and expensive, we accept the views of the working group that landlords will need a system of ensuring that those current electrical inspections have the required skills. We will therefore produce new guidance for landlords that demonstrates which qualifications provide that level of competence, 2391 for example, Landlords should have regard to the guidance in determining who is competent to carry electrical safety inspections. This approach will provide clear accountability at each stage of the process and what is required and whose responsibility it is, without excessive costs and time burdens to the industry. It will be broadly in line with existing regulations in Scotland ensuring consistency for landlords operating across those two countries. Alongside the new guidance, existing competent person scheme operators will be invited to set up electrical inspection and testing schemes With inspectors and testers could choose to join. Any new schemes will be referenced in the government's how to let guide for landlords. So it's basically saying, along this guidance that we're going to put in, because, you know, you guys have said you don't want to put in a competent person scheme, those guys who run competent person schemes are invited to set one up anyway, and we'll put that in our manual. So... It looks like the common person schemes are aligning to create a separate registration platform. Now, whether it's a separate assessment and registration platform or just a separate registration platform, we're going to wait and see. Um, but that's happening, and um, I have a feeling. Knowing, I'm going to do another video on this very soon, and. I have a feeling, knowing what's happening with the electrotechnical assessment specification right now, that they will be going down the alignment of individual assessments um, for every inspector. I have a feeling that's where it's going, but we'll see. But um, what's, been, what's been offered as a response, though, is, yeah, um, there'll be a landlord's checklist through uh, referencing to the guidance provided as an option, but the other option is there'll be you can use a approved inspector through the competent person scheme the competent person scheme though cannot be the one that's in place right now because the one that's in place right now does not achieve competence for this type of work because this type of work is domestic periodic inspection so the competent person schemes would have to create a new registration or a new assessment strategy one of the two we will see Couple more questions. 11. Do you agree that visual checks of the safety of the electrical installation by landlords at a change of tenancy should be encouraged as good practice set out in the guidance? 368 for yes, 171 for no. 12. Do you agree the landlord supplied the electrical appliances and visual checks of appliances at a change of tenancy should be encouraged as good practice and set out in guidance? 381 for yes, 158 for no. So again, strong support for some visual guidance for tenants to be motivated to carry out visual inspections and tests between changes of tenancy there. Question thirteen. Do you agree the installation of residual current devices by landlords should be encouraged as good practice and set out in guidance? 390 yes, one three eight no. I don't know who's one three eight are blue neck. Okay. So that's gonna be in the guidance standard, no doubt. Enforcement should any regulations introduced by be enforced by local housing authorities. Three fifteen. Yes. One seventeen. No. Fifth question. Fifteen. Do you think the penalty for non-compliance with any regulations introduced should be thorough and remedial, or improvement notice, or thorough and a finan- or through a financial penalty? So should it be a remedial improvement notice, like a sanction, or something, or should it be a, a, um, a financial slab of money? Uh, 5.35 in favour of a remedial improvement notice, 289 in favour of a financial penalty. Question 16. If local housing authorities are the enforcement body for any regulations introduced, should they retain any monies recovered through financial penalties and use these for future enforcement in the private rented sector? 2.90 for yes, 174 for no. Question 17. Should landlords be restricted from evicting tenants using Section 21 notice? If they're not giving the tenant a copy of electrical installation safely, documentation? 227 for yes, 256 for no. That's a fair... That's quite split, that one. So, moving forward with the next step. So, you know, to conclude, um, the, the laws pushed in the the, you know, the amendments to the legislation to request mandatory five yearly checks must. It was pushed to have the competent person schemes taking ownership of the role due to their infrastructure. Um, clearly, the, the uh, feedback from, from the work group was that that isn't going to work. Um, further response to that has obviously identified there's a concern with coordination of the qualifications. Qualified is meaning competent in this area and that means right now 2391 whether or not City and Guilds, EAL or anyone introduces a domestically biased 2391 maybe, because right now 2391 is um, commercial it covers three phase 2392 which is the domestic version doesn't cover periodic inspection so right now there is no actual training qualification that is defined for domestic periodics maybe that's going to happen, maybe it's going to come, who knows probably being created right now okay but that's um, that's that's the news this week we've gonna we're gonna wait for phase one for this which will probably be uh, I think maybe towards the second half of the year um, it is worth observing that you know the NIC are being very quiet at the moment at exhibitions and events and we have a feeling they're gonna be putting a huge huge marketing drive into this kind of thing We think that there's going to be an announcement middle of the year um, about a new registration scheme or a new training scheme or a new something scheme all about this new legislation and having to have these operatives and these operatives obviously being qualified in this so they've got to be reassessed. So if you are currently testing for landlords doing periodics, do make sure you have the training for it because by looking at what the 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 um the lords have been saying qualification is the way to prove competence in this area. So if they're taking that away from the CPS, uh, and the CPS have to force comp- uh, qualification on you, um, right now your two three nine one or the two three nine five, the old 2395 or the EL equivalent, is what you is what you need. So who knows um. I'll keep an eye on this and see if there's any further update but that's a bit of the background a bit of the journey. Um, I think fundamentally we all pretty much agree that this is a requ- you know this 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 is a good thing to push legislation to force electrical safety for clients for checks. We do have questions with regards to the way it's going to be implemented. There's definitely an opportunity for profit from certain organizations and I don't want to kind of put them down yet but there's no reason why they can't create a simple structure to accommodate this new requirement without making a huge new revenue from it I just got a feeling that's what they're gonna do Um, technically you know it's not a major change all you've got to do is you know create a new authorization role and just simply out of field but I have a feeling they're going to find many ways to profit from this and that's that's just that's just the electrical industry I'm afraid uh, but yeah um, I'll end this here and I will catch you in the next one very soon